Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. Uh, many of you uh, may know, I might have told this story, but um, recently uh, Ainsley and I, we went uh, hiking. And when we went hiking, we were on a path and we got to a place where we were going to want to eat lunch. And it was right over the water. And um, when we got there, there were these other guys fishing there already. So there was a bunch of noise and commotion. And so Ainsley looks at me and she's like, Dad, I really don't want to eat lunch here. And so we were kind of a little bit bummed because it was a beautiful spot overlooking water. But ultimately what happened is uh, we just carried on and we, we went down the path. And we didn't know really where we were going, hadn't been on this hiking trail before or anything, but we just went down the path. And then Ainsley turns and she looks and sees a, a little path that goes off of the main path. And she says, Dad, can we go down this one? And I don't know where I am. I'm relying on my cell service staying there, you know, so that, so that we're, we're alive, you know. And so I'm like, okay, Ainsley, let's go. And so we followed this secondary path that uh, we didn't plan on. And uh, wouldn't you know it, we turned a corner. And we see a, a stream, and then suddenly a huge meadow opens up, and it's just this most gorgeous, gorgeous image ever. And my uh, my 11-year-old daughter found it. And I, that's really the picture of what I believe um, the church is, and especially where we are now, just that as a church, uh, when we um, come back together, every church that's opening back up has a similar story as ours. It's like a few people are coming back together, but there's a lot that are still scared and and so every church is kind of reevaluating. Unfortunately, in the last three months, several churches I'm aware of that have had to fold up shop um, just because they weren't able to, to, to make it. And um, so every church is at a place to where it's like, okay, we're on a path, um, but we've got to decide, do we, do we take a different path? Do we do something a little different in order? And, and at the end of the day, we have to believe as Christians, we've got to believe that trusting in the Holy Spirit, following his word, will guide us to an even greater destination than what we thought we were looking for. And so really, that's the, the spirit behind this series of um, opening up. I would love for you to turn in your Bibles or use your Bible app to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And um, the easy picking of this chapter is that, hey, um, you know, whatever your hand to, uh, God's going to bless you for, and, and God's able to, to do abundantly more. But we're not going to go down that road. That's just the easy one if you're trying to go to Ephesians 3. What I want to look at is a prayer that um, the apostle um, Paul had when he's writing to the church at Ephesus. And remember, if you remember the first part of this series, I talked about the fact that we're in Asia and Paul was there and he comes through and there's some believers, but they're not like, they're, they, he's saying like, man, do you know the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. We were baptized in John's baptism for repentance, but we don't really know this Holy Spirit. So Paul stays with them for three years. And the Bible says that he teaches them and he invests in them and they get to watch his life for three years. And he's just saying, look, rely on God, rely on God, rely on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you. And so he's trying to teach them to lean in, not just on your repentance, not just, hey, I did a, I did a thing. I said, I'm sorry, and we're good. He's trying to teach them for three years, you've got to lean into the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you. And so in that, we get this letter because when they said goodbye in Acts, if you go back and read Acts 18, 19, he leaves and there's this, there's this mourning that happens because they're like, oh my gosh, this leader that we love is leaving us. And so these letters are written back to these people who love him and have watched him for three years and, and, and he's writing them back 
so some encouragement. But he talks about a prayer. And that's what I want to look at in Ephesians 3. He talks about a prayer. Hey, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying some things over you. And so that's really where I want to zoom in and focus. Because then we get to this, God is able and exceedingly abundantly can do more than we ask over. That all comes later. But he says, I want to pray over you about some things. So today, that's what I want to look at. Look at this passage, Ephesians 3, verses 14 uh, down to 19. For this reason, everybody say, for what reason? What reason? You got to have that. For this reason, for what reason? We'll, we'll find out. I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Would you look at that? And if you write in your Bible, you might want to underline every. If you're in your Bible app, you might be able to tap on that and put a little note. But every, that's so important. Everybody. We're living in an age right now where there's every single um, day there's division and there's frustration and there's righteous indignation even. Um, there's name calling, there's nastiness, there's lies. And, and we're living in an age where division seems to be kind of the most prevalent thing. And, and we as Christ followers should above everybody, we should be the most loving group of people that's ever existed on the planet. We should be the, the most warm, the most accepting, the most loving, the most caring, because what we should be doing is saying, you know what? Um, every single person I lock eyes with has the potential to be my brother or sister under Jesus. Every single one. And so as a result, I can't allow the, the division that's going on in the, in the world. I can't allow the division in the secular state. I can't allow skin color. I can't allow what a person does for a living, whether or not they're an officer. I can't allow that to be a thing that divides me from you. I can't allow any of these divisions to pop up because you have the potential to be my brother or sister in Jesus. And if you would meet Jesus, we are brother and sister. So he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom, the Father, every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So this is his prayer. And, and he says, you know, uh, for this reason. And you say, well, for, for what reason? For what reason? The, the issue, the reason is found in the first few verses. Let me read those. Or if you're in your Bible, you can go back up to verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ. Now, for that reason, it's talking about chapter 2, which we did last week. A prisoner of Christ, Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. That might be something to underline or circle. This was a big deal. This was race relations times a thousand. The fact that, that this gospel was being moved from a unique people group of the Jews over into the Gentiles. It was for this reason everything he's saying was about to go down. I'm assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. Now we got the word mystery there. We might want to look into that. What is the mystery? As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery, there's that word again, of Christ, which is not made known to the sons of men in other generations. So God's brought this mystery to full um, power now. Now we're starting to understand his desires more. And now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit again. Verse 6, look what it says. This mystery is, that would be important, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Members of the what? The same body. Everybody say same body. The same body. And partakers of the promise of Jesus Christ through 
the gospel. If you're jotting notes, the first thing to write down today is the church is a spiritual family. The church is a spiritual family. So what is the mystery that Paul being, Paul's being uh, revealed through Paul? What is that mystery? That mystery is this gospel is for everybody. The gospel is for everybody. And so when we get into a world where we say, man, there's, there's, there's racial problems, there's division, there's rioting, there's violence, there's anger, there's bitterness, there's misunderstanding. When we get into this world, this is not new to the Christian faith. This was Paul coming forward and saying, you know what? I'm going to reveal a mystery that maybe you're not even aware of. Like people don't even understand. Like God is not for a particular group. God is for the Gentiles. The Gentile was anybody who wasn't Jew. And so he was saying, hey, the gospel's for everybody. The mystery that's being revealed is that the gospel's for everybody. And as a result, we're all named from the Father. Every every tribe, every tongue, every people. And, And the gospel is one big family. The church is one big family in the gospel of Jesus. Now, you might look at this and go, yeah, I know, I know. I read the back. I I got the idea of Christianity. But this was revolutionary. For him to be writing and to be telling the the Ephesians, like, hey, guys, you're not the left out group. This was in uh, 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 an Asia, essentially, where Ephesus is. And he was like, hey, you the, the Asian culture is not left out. I know you guys in, in the Asian culture, you don't look like the Jewish people, but listen, the gospel's for you too. And this was a revolutionary concept to say, hold on, you're telling me that, that the preaching and the teaching of the Messiah, that's for me too? That this Christ was come, that's for me too? And he's, he's just painstakingly, he gave three years of his life to tell him, it's for you too. And the family of God is bigger. And so you and I, you say, what kind of application can I have every day? I can just demand as a Christian that that message goes forward for my life. I can demand that. I can live that. And I can, just, I can, I can stand on that promise. This isn't new. This isn't the, the church of the living God just trying to make peace with everybody. No, no, no. This is the gospel. That nobody is left out if anybody would ever come to Christ. And it goes on in, in verse 7 of the gospel, I was made a minister. That's you and I as well. But I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me, though I'm the very least of his saints. He wasn't saying I'm giving you something new because look at look at me, look at me. He was saying, look, I'm the least of all of them. But the grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plain mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that everybody say so that. Why is he doing all this? So that the through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to His eternal purposes that He realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we've had boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. So I ask you to not lose heart over what I'm suffering from you, for you, which is your glory. Paul's in prison. Paul's held captive by this message. Paul's not really um, making anything off of this gospel. And he's like, look, but I'm, I'm fine to be here if it means that other people are going to get to know that they're in the family of God. I'm fine to be here if other people are going to know that racial division needs to be broken down and stereotypes need to be put away. I'm fine to be here in this spot, in this uncomfortable place, if it means that we're able to bridge this and that the Gentiles understand that they're in God's family as well. That they, If they trust Christ, if they receive Christ, that they have the same exact access. And so this was the, the kind of the crux message of this mystery that he's talking about. It's our calling as ministers to remind the world that we're all a spiritual 
family. Everybody who trusts in Christ is in that same exact family. There's no caste system. There's no secondary grouping. We've got to practice this more than anybody. Paul was willing to go to prison, be tortured, and even die for this message of God's redeeming love for the whole family. Ephesians 3.16 goes on, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power and His Spirit in your being. Now remember, He's praying this over them. That, that according to His riches and glory, He might grant you to be strengthened with the power of His Spirit in your inner being. So we're a family, but we're also a family dependent on the Holy Spirit. We're a family dependent on the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham said, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God, and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable. The Holy Spirit illuminates the mind. Makes us yearn for God. If we have the Holy Spirit, we're going to want to know Him more. We're going to want to know God more. This is like Paul's request of them. Hey, hey guys, do you, in, in Ephesus, do you know the Holy Spirit? Why did he want them to know? Because the Holy Spirit pulls us to Himself. Makes us yearn for God and takes the spiritual truth and makes it understandable. We are not to be led by opinions, preferences, or the happenings of the world. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. And for a church, as we talk about reopening, I, I, I view where we are as a church as, as probably Christy and I were talking and John and I yesterday um, were talking that we as a church are in one of the coolest, most unique situations ever. Um, since we opened up, it's always been just trying to make sure we're, we're maintaining. And uh, we're in a, a position now, we're in 10 days um, we'll be in a, a financial position where we're selling a property and we're only limited at this point by our um, reliance on the Holy Spirit of God. Like that'll be the only limitation. And I've never, Christy and I, we've planted churches since I was in college, literally. I, um, we planted our first church in Corpus Christi, Texas as a part of a staff team. And, um, and I, we were just 21 or something at that point. We weren't even married and so we've been doing this church planning thing, just grabbing it by the bootstraps for all that time, for 20 years of my life. And every month, every week, it's always been, we've just got to keep it going. Just got to keep it going. Just got to invite more people in. And now we're going to be at a place to where it's like, no, we're, we're not just going to keep it going. We're going to pray and seek God and just say, hey, you, we have all the resource to be able to do whatever we want. And so now the focus is going to be, God, just what do you want? What do you want? And what's going to make a difference um, here in Baltimore, North America, around the world? But it's what does God want? The reliance on the Holy Spirit is who we have to be as a people, as a church. So we're a family, but we're a family dependent on the Holy Spirit. A church is only a church to the extent that God's voice is known among its people. A church is only a church to the extent that God's voice is known among its people. What separates us gathering at High Tops right now from in an hour when the rest of the community will join us? Like, I, I love our people. I love hanging out with you guys. I, I love uh, being goofy and playing cornhole and going fishing. And I love that stuff. But what is the, the distinguishing factor that separates this gathering with music, eating lunch, or this gathering saying we are God's witnesses on this planet. The only distinguishing factor is that we are surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. That we have surrendered our lives over to Jesus. That Jesus leads this group of people to do something unique in this community. Other than that, we're just eating lunch at high tops. 
and we're having laughs and we're having fun. And that's great. But you can get the church at high tops every single day of the week. What makes us different? It's that you and I are saying we're following the Holy Spirit and we're doing the best we can and best we know how in order to follow Jesus. So that distinguishing feature is what we've got to lean into or else why are we even a church? So it goes on in verse 17, Ephesians 3.17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So not only are we a family, but we're also a family that's dependent on the Holy Spirit. But so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith. We're a family that's built on faith. Not only are we a family and everybody's invited, every race, every background, every whatever you want to say. Not only is everybody invited to this family under Christ, but we also depend on the Holy Spirit. We as a church, we're going to be, we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been, here's a new invitation because we get to reimagine ourselves. And one of it might need, might need to be, man, during Corona, I was just watching every news feed and I was watching everything. I was getting mad at the doctors. I was getting mad at people not wearing masks. I was getting blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hey, time out. Can I just, can I just meet with God? <laughs> like, can I just get under the Holy Spirit? What was uh, interesting is uh, yesterday, because we were at Lawton's birthday party and hanging out all day, I never once had my, I didn't scroll Facebook yesterday. I didn't watch the news yesterday. And about 10 o'clock last night, a really good friend of mine uh, texted me. I actually have more than one friend. I know you guys think I only have one friend. But uh, a good friend of mine texted me and said, hey, it's crazy, man. And I texted him back and I was like, what's crazy? He's like, are you not watching? And I was like, no, I, I hadn't scrolled Facebook today. I hadn't watched the news today. And until you asked me that, it was glorious. <laughs> I was, it was just uh, me, God, and some of my favorite people. But then you turn on the news, and it's like, man, another, another fire, another riot, another city is burning, another uh, angry group of people. And I'm like, man, that's why we're supposed to be leaning on the Holy Spirit. That's why we're supposed to be connected to God above everything. All the voices, all the noise, all the imagery. It needs to be the Holy Spirit of God. So we're also a family, not only in the Holy Spirit, but we're a family built on faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, what we read last week, for by grace you've been saved through what? Faith. It is not of your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no might, might boast. If Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists, needs a rewarder of those who seek him. So the question I ask us today is, are we a people of faith? What are we believing God for? I know when I was newer in my faith, it was so easy. I was just like, oh, God, you know, well, you help me to understand you more, know you more, know your word. And then it just seems like the more stuff I know about God, the harder it is for me to wake up that day and have an utter dependency on him. Because the more I know, it's just like I can just go back to my database of information. I can go back to my Bible memorization. I can make up a sermon because my notes fall off the tape, you know? Like, and when you're not connected or when you're not, uh, new and, and you've got plenty of information and you kind of have been there, done that, it seems like it's almost harder to be a Christian than it was when you were new. When you were just wanting and you were thirsty and you didn't know anything and you were trying to discover, it's almost like the more information you get, the less you can live on faith. 
Because you're like, well, I, I know the road I'm supposed to travel. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where to go for verses. You ever see those books? They're like, um, they walk through all the emotions you could possibly have on the planet. And they're just like, oh, if you're fearful, go here. If you're, if you're happy, go here. If you're sad, go here. And that's kind of what Christianity can become if you're not careful, is you just kind of just cross-reference what's the verse I need for my day. And that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is I wake up and I say, Lord, what am I believing you for? Based on your word, what am I stepping out into? Uh, Shadrach hasn't announced it yet, but I will right now, Shadrach. Uh, Shadrach told us about, I don't know, a year and a half maybe or more ago. He said, I, I really feel like um, I knew God. God's, uh, Shadrach told God he would be going back to Africa at some point. But about a year and a half ago, he came to me and he said, Pastor, would you pray? Because I really am feeling God pulling me back to my, my homeland. And he said, but I, I really want to be sure my kids are good and, and they're taken care of. But at that point, I'm, I'm seeking God for an opportunity to be able to serve and, and take Captivate Global to an even bigger scale. And so uh, recently he said, Pastor, uh, I, I thought this was the way it was going to go. And he laid out some plans. And he said, but recently, the Lord has revealed a whole new path. And, and so he spells it all out, and he can talk to you about it over lunch. But he said, you know, I now believe I have a date when I'm going to be obeying God and, and going back to Africa. And as a friend, as somebody who loves him, as his brother, it crushes me. I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to. What's church going to be without a Shadrach walking around? You know, what, what's Captivate going to look like that way? Um, Bailey here is headed off um, to, to seminary. And um, he's going to be leaving in August. And uh, he and I met, I don't know, five months ago or something. And it was a whole different state, a whole different school. And the whole conversation was, Pastor, I just want, you know, biblical wisdom on what do you think and uh, different path. It's waking up, and you, many of you have different stories. It's waking up and saying, God, I'm a Christian, and I need to be living on faith today. I need to find out what it is that you want from me, and I need to say yes. And so as much as uh, people come and people go and plans change, what you look for is are they living by faith or are they living by memory or they're living by something else and it goes on in verse 17b that you might be rooted and grounded in love so when you act out these things this prayer over them he's like hey i want you to be rooted and grounded in something not in your own stuff not in your own mind not in your own ways and will but i want you to be rooted and grounded in love so yes we're a family that's built on the holy spirit of god built on faith but we're also built upon love the Christian church who captivates should be, who you and I should be as individual Christians, at the end of it all, you can tell the, the fruit comes from the root. The fruit comes from the root. And so when people see our fruit, when people see us out and about, when people see an interaction with us or, or deal with us, what they should sense is that person loves me. Even if, like our children, even if our children look and dad's upset and mom is disciplining, and, and even if in that moment, they're like, wow, I crossed the line here. And, and dad is not pleased. Even in that transaction, 
like our children should be able to sense, but I know my dad loves me. I know he's upset right now. I know it's different, but he loves me. Even in your discourse with other people that don't agree with what you agree, you cannot understand how you're sharing the same you know, ball of dirt with these people. Even in that, we've got to find a way to con- convey, I'm discussing an issue with you, but I still love you as a human. You're still potentially my brother or sister in Christ. And so that has to be the balance as Christians. We've got to be rooted and built in love. Our foundation is love. Jesus said this, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. So even in the people that we have a hard time with, we demonstrate love. And then it all culminates with this. Remember, he's praying over what kind of people to be. We're asking God to, change, to make us into these kind of people, to remind us. And it all concludes with this. And he says, that you might be rooted and grounded in love, that you may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, like more than just head knowledge. It's in, it's in your heart. It's in your life. It's in your soul that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Remember, he's talking to a people that their faith and their religion had been built upon simply repenting. And now he's looking at these people and he's like, you know what? It's more than that. You've got to walk with God. You've got to be built on the, the spirit. You've got to be built on the foundation of faith. You've got to be built on love. And, and it's not just about do's and don'ts. It's not just about, well, I repented. I got baptized. I said a prayer. It's not that. It's how we live and how we move and how we have our being. But he said, at the end of the day, what I want all this to add up to is that you understand the depth and the height and the breadth and the length of God. We're determined to know, experience, and share Christ's love. Know, experience, and share Christ's love. Romans 8 says this, as it's written, for you are sake, we're being killed all day long with regard to sheep as being slaughtered. No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither life and death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul's prayer is over this family to say, you know what, Gentiles, you're invited in. But we're a family. We're not just a family because we're related or we look the same. We're a family because we're, we're named after our father. We all share a dad, a heavenly father. And we're a family who trusts in the spirit of God. We're a family who believes big in faith. We're a family that is dependent on the Holy Spirit and all of our actions. We're rooted and grounded in love. And we're a family who is constantly seeking to know the heights, the depths, the power, and the riches of Christ's love over us. And that's what we're pursuing. And we as a church in these next few months, I really want us to really focus and say, that's what it's about. It's not about all the other garbage that we make church about. It's about being a group of people that are pursuing Jesus and trying to understand this wonderful mystery. And the world should see in us that everybody's invited into that. Every single person. And it is no us and them. It is no, well, you're a cop or you're uh, an African-American. There is none of that stuff in the family of God. In the family of God, it's, you know what? We are a family and we're depending on the Holy Spirit and we're rooted in love and we're living by faith and we're trying to understand just this great and marvelous gift called life and this great and marvelous God who loves us deeply. And if we church can seriously focus in on those couple of verses alone, 
and just live that out like crazy, it'll be the most attractive church that's ever been born. Because we're not going to get distracted with everything else and all the other parts of what church could be. Let's focus in on who He is and how He loves.